Welcome to Every Album Ever with Mike and Alex. My name is Mike Monsoon, and I'm joined, as always, by my bright and yellow co-host, Alexander Volt. Say hello. Hello. I, I hate the cramps, but I love uh, Wrestler Bull Mikado and parody shirts. Well, so. you, you, got, you got some wins, you got some losses, you got... You, you, also, <laughs> trying to add some color to my wardrobe, I'm like, I need this shirt. Sometimes it's hard. Uh, but I'm, I'm going to let you in a little secret right now. You're a fair-skinned man. You can mm. you can wear any color you want. That's, that's good you. news for you. Good this news is every album ever the podcast. We're listening to every <laughs> single album in the world, one artist at a time. That's a new discography per episode. Today, we'll be discussing every album by The Sound. The Sound. This was requested on Patreon by Mike. Thank you, buddy, for supporting us and letting us do what we do and giving us your hard-earned money so we can blow it on coke and hookers. But <sighs> If only. If only. I guess I don't know what we're into at all. We're old men. But... <laughs> Uh, Mike had some fucking. He he went with the sound. He went with the sound. Mm-hmm. He also sent like uh, a million other requests. Because uh, if, if you're on Patreon, if, you, if you're if you're if you're pleased to us, you can send us all your requests. We put them in our pool. We pick out your picks whenever we have space in the schedule. But your first pick or your number one pick always gets put on the schedule immediately. All his other picks, I'm like, God damn, God damn, I want to do all these. Like 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 fuck. Like my one of my dream lists was the list he gave me. So I don't know the sound, but he gave me the sound. And I'm like, all right, all right, we're on good footing. Yeah. What's gonna happen? What's gonna I, happen? What's gonna I, happen? I, I, I didn't see the rest of his list, but uh it's cool. Yeah. I'll I'll tell you later. Because <laughs> I don't know what fucking talk about right now. Mike's like uh, cool, cool name, cool bands. Hell yeah, cool <laughs> name. Yeah. <laughs> And it's also because this whole thing can be interpreted as me just sending in my own request under my own name and then pretending it's not me <laughs> and then gushing about how cool the list was. I just realized how fucking stupid everything I just said was. It's, well, it's a fun conspiracy. Indeed. Had. <laughs> uh, before we get into all that, if you want to help us out, like the video. If you like it, dislike it. If you are a mother-hating piece of shit, you can also tell your friends and spread the word, leave comments, uh, share. Uh, subscribe, subscribe if you want. Appease the almighty, all-consuming, all-knowing algorithm. Uh, it's the only way we're gonna uh, do anything ever in the world. And oh my god, everything is gonna die around us. But you can also find a Spotify playlist on the sound uh, in the description. We got playlists associated with uh, basically every episode. You can find them all at everyalbumever.com. Uh, and uh, let's do a little quick, quick, quick plug out of the way. Just follow me on social media at Panda Monkey. Follow Alex on Instagram. And please, 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 please pre-order my upcoming debut EP, Pander Monkey, uh, by Pander Monkey. Uh, you know, you could just pre-save it on Spotify. You can pre-order it on Bandcamp. You got links to all that in the description. For love of God, please help me out here. If you don't like me talking shit about your music, talk shit about mine. It's all fair. It's all simple. You can just do it if you feel like. Thank you. Very cool. It's out June 28th, and I think it's going to be rad. But... That was pretty snappy and speedy. It was. Yeah, holy shit. Efficient. I feel empty now. Like, I fucking missed something. Did you plug the Patreon? You're right. I didn't plug the Patreon. That's why. God damn it. It's just a word that said too much, so it feels like you did. We say it too much, yeah. but it's also because we need, desperately need it. Patreon.com. lifeblood. <laughs> Patreon.com slash every album ever. There you get bonus episodes, super duper early access to the Loose Ends episodes, uh, which we haven't posted at Loose Ends in months. We will soon. For everyone who's not on the Patreon. Uh, yeah, but you, they're all on there. If you want to hear those at any point. You get 20% off all our merch. You get to see our schedule in advance. You get to vote on polls. Uh, at the time of this episode, I believe, there should, there should be... A, we closed the last poll. We have a finalized winner. We, I said this a couple weeks ago. And it didn't, yes. didn't pull the trigger. We now have a new poll up. Three completely different 
and distinct and very interesting bands. Uh, and we're going to let our folks vote, vote on vote on that. And it should be fun. And I'm excited. And I'm worried a little bit because my picks tend to never okay. get picked by our fans, which says something. Uh, I, yeah, I don't think either one of us saw MF Doom coming. And you guys pleasantly surprised us. Indeed. And the next one is uh, not MF Doom. I'll tell you that. No, I, I think we kind of saw that coming maybe but i don't know uh, a little bit i was still i was still disappointed yeah. i was still disappointed uh even though i still love the band that got picked still love the band that got sure. picked. i just wanted to cover a different one first yes uh so go there and vote on that and then whatever whatever if you're tier two if you're bigger than jesus that means you can actually request artists for us to cover just like mike did here and just like a, uh, most people any, any requests that we have period uh, it's because they're on Patreon. Uh, it's the only way we can do it. Even those requests are kind of backed up for the next few months. Uh, so, but but the, the the important thing is we will do it. We're working on. We're whittling it down. I'm sure the, we'll get backed up again. But yeah. the current stack, we're we are doing it. We, we are, got a plan and we're executing it. We have a very thorough schedule, <laughs> li- like literally right in front of us right now. <laughs> it is is yeah. It is packed with with lots of albums in there. It is on my mind all the fucking time. It, there's no way to forget. No. <laughs> no. Oh God. So much music. But. So do that if you want to do that, and please and thank you, and right, and let's move on. Uh, all right, the sound, the sound uh, is big of a post punk fan that I am. No experience, not even heard of them. Same. That's wild. This going in cold on this one. Um, uh, kind of an overview on my feelings. I I don't love them. I don't hate them. I like them a lot. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh fuck i well there's things that i'm like ah fucking a that's not great sure but the stuff that i that i like i i love and the stuff that i that i just liked at first i love and the stuff that well, here's the thing if you're looking at all the albums that i like it is not a large number of albums i'm gonna guess two it's about two it's yeah. about two that i really that i fucking love and the rest either i don't like or i'm like kind of lukewarm on mm-hmm. uh Maybe three. I'm gonna just go ahead and say three. Okay. Out of there's six albums that were that were covering three of them. I'm like, fuck yes, dude, hell yeah. And then out of out of those three, one of them like, oh, this is a classic, baby. This yeah. is a classic. Yeah. Hell yes. Nice. I don't know if we're gonna agree. I don't know if we're gonna agree on which one is which. I think we are. I hope we don't. It'd be so because it's such a small pool to choose from, and I feel so strongly about this that it would be extra funny if if we don't agree. I'm. I'm going to go out on a limb here and say we both have same same best. Same best? What about same worst? That may vary. It may vary. That may vary, but I'm going to go we we form like Voltron on the, the best album. All right. All right. Okay. Okay. Uh, but anyway, yeah. So the sound from, from London, I believe. Uh, Specifically so, South London. South London. I wish I knew the differences between the the directions and or parts of london i don't know shit about well it's uh, south so, of uh no i meant, meant like <laughs> no, the culture no, I know. <laughs> son of a bitch uh before we get too much into the history please support our history guy tom tom osman he's he does a lot of work for us and very fast and on very short notice uh, you can follow him on all social media at tom osman sounds you can follow his Substack where he writes about music he's also jo- jo- journalist music music journalist uh at tomosman.substack.com and he's also a musician and a damn good one you can uh, check out his most recent 
uh, debut album. So much for all on day's work. Uh, links to all of that stuff in the description. It's a rad dude. But he sends us all his history stuff. So we have a whole bunch of interviews and uh, things to pull from, uh, as well as what Alex has got right in front of him. So South London. Yes, formed in uh, 1979 from the ashes of a punk band called The Outsiders. The which, Outsiders formed in uh, Wimbledon. Yes, and that's where kind of main songwriter of the sound, Adrian Borland, came from. Uh, Borland. Borland, sorry. Uh, like, like Al Borland from Al Home Borland, yes. That's uh, how I need to remember it. Yeah, Adrian Borland, he's like the guy. He's the main dude. He's like the... It seems like retrospectively or retroactively, they, they they make it like he's this mastermind guy of the band. When I think at the time he was very much, he was the leader, but he was also just a member as well. Like sure. there was a lot of contributions from everyone. Sure. But it's just because of, uh, I, I think we should talk about out, out of the gate, like what happened to this guy? Because like, it's just so wild and it's so fucking depressing when you look at, uh, He's dead, by the way. Look at how he died. And then you look at this whole band in this whole period. It makes it puts this really dark layer over everything. Like learning about what happened while listening to the albums, like it made the albums way heavier and harder to like to get through, like emotionally. Yeah. Mental illness is a, a son of a bitch. And I, yeah. Yeah. And I noticed um, I forget exactly who said it, if it was Marshall or someone else, but. You kind of have like the the Kurt Cobain thing with this band where fans yeah. are kind of retroactively trying to make the lyrics about uh, suicide or like a cry for help. And, so, and yeah. it's, it's not the case. So here's the thing. He so he killed himself in 1989 by literally throwing himself in front of a train. Um, after getting off his meds, he was diagnosed with schizoaffective disorder, which I have a lot of experience with. I have a family member who has schizoaffective disorder. And it is a bitch. Mm-hmm. It is it is I don't envy the people in his life and I don't envy him and because like what they're going through is like it's just it's exhausting bananas yeah but I mean like because it's I don't know like the, the the super ins and outs of it it's just a lot of hallucinating and a lot of really unstable behavior and a lot of outbursts and all um you know it, it's it's a form of schizo it, it, it's literally in the name and uh Often, at least in, in you hear a lot of uh, they get this thing there. They're on the meds. The meds obviously help, but they stifle creativity mm. and it makes them a little bit uh, one level the whole way. And they make them dull and they don't like it. And like, I, 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 I and they feel fine for so long because of the meds that they like, oh, I'm going to get off them. I don't need them. I, I need my fucking brain back. And then they get off the meds and then bam, they are in front of a train. Yeah. Yeah, the uh, I've always found that to be kind of a uh, weak excuse for going off meds. Um, also, because of it's happened to me where I was younger, where I didn't feel like my Prozac was doing anything. Mm-hmm. Went off the Prozac, uh, realized how angry and depressed I was. Yeah. And I was like, that's not me. Yeah. That is not me. And so, yeah, I could see how, like, you feel normal. So you 
don't think you need. Yeah, but that's the reason. The you, meds are making you feel normal. Yeah. Before uh, before we get too into like the quotes and all this stuff, uh, members of the band. So like originally, the original lineup is uh, Adrian Borland, guitar vocals, Graham Bailey on bass, uh, Michael Dudley on drums, and By Marshall on keyboard, saxophone, clarinet. By Marshall, uh, she was only on one album. Well, technically one and a half, two albums if you count like the the posthumous release. Mm-hmm. And she has a lot of really interesting insight and I ended up like loving her, like loving what she, her perspective on the whole thing and as well as her additions in the band. Uh, yeah. For, to be very interesting. For how short her lifespan was in the band. It's, yeah. She had a lot to add. A lot, a lot. And uh, like you touched on a little bit earlier with the lyrics and how, you know, the Kurt Cobain syndrome thing where everyone looks, oh, I hate myself and I want to die. That means he was going to like, yeah, but also everyone feels like that a lot sometimes yeah. and everyone has low points. It doesn't mean everyone is suicidal and you, you don't know. And it's, you know, it's art. It's overtly dramatic at times. It's, it's and, the point yeah. of it is to be vulnerable. Uh, so and that too. So what? Marshall said about that thing was very uh, poignant. She says, quote, I have never analyzed the lyrics in that way. A lot of people now examine his lyrics with a knowledge of what happened to him later. They look for clues of his mental instability and claim that it was there, all there in his words. Firstly, not all the lyrics were, however, written by Adrian alone. He collaborated initially often with Adrian James. Even in the band, uh, we were not sure sometimes who had written which lyric. Secondly, I think that the reason that the lyrics resonate so much with other people is that they, they, they express thoughts and emotions that we all have from time to time, feelings of doubt, fear, powerlessness. Uh, if the lyrics only represented the thought process of someone with a schizoid disorder, they wouldn't mean much to other people. Overanalysis can sometimes lead to the wrong conclusions, and I think that is what happened with Adrian's lyrics. Ooh, fucking mic drop. Ah, she, she nailed it. Nailed it. Because, um, yeah... That's another thing, like, um, that's the other part of art is connecting with people. And when you feel like yeah. you have that connection, that's one thing that I, uh, cause you, we all, if you're a listener of the show, you know that I easily dismiss lyrics, even though I know they're important. I just, I'm just so music oriented that I, I, I lyrics are very secondary to me that will change over time. I already feel it in my soul. I know that's going to change, but, uh, what I find, <clears throat> interesting is that the best lyrics or from one point of view the best lyrics are always the ones that they're vague enough so that you can it, interpret yourself in the situation but specific enough to feel like a real thing like a real moment um we talked about it on a loose ends and i don't want to like harper on it because it's exhausting but that's why that 10 minute Taylor Swift song sucks. <laughs> That's right. I fucking went ape shit. <laughs> I, w- I, w- I went I, and I haven't t- spoken to you about it, uh-huh. but I went. You listened to it. I listened to it because the Gyllenhaal song. Yeah. And it's just it's so specific to her. Yeah. I don't understand. He has how, a sister named Maggie. <laughs> yeah. I don't understand how people like that even in terms of pop music so yeah you were right um <laughs> in my outlandish rambling and then yeah i was like this is so specific to her like yeah even as someone who listens to like rap music and you listen to them like bragging about how much money they have yeah, yeah like yeah. i could get like behind like oh well you, you can fantasize like you yeah. want to live that lifestyle it's a power fantasy and then uh slapping hoes as they say <laughs> Yeah, whoop that trick. Um, <laughs> Clipping it. 
whoop that trick. Um, so yeah, that one, I was just like, it is so specific to her. How does yeah. anyone like this song, let alone 10 minutes of it? So, That's an interesting, but, yeah, I don't know. I don't I'm, I'm know gonna the answer to that. I'm going to leave it there. I'm going to leave it there. But yes, that's the whole point though. Like when I look at uh, certain songs that people fucking love mm-hmm. and you look at the lyrics and then you're like, oh, because this feels like a person. This feels like, oh, I, I've done this. I've been there. I know exactly. I've been in this situation. He, there, it's, that's that's the brilliance of good lyrics being just vague enough. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. And that's a fucking amazing point that, that Marshall made. Like if it was the writings of a person with a schizoid disorder, you wouldn't understand it. You wouldn't you wouldn't relate yeah. to it. It wouldn't feel no like <laughs> you'd be missing Captain Beefheart. <laughs> that man wishes you escaped. <laughs> oh, I love Beefheart. Go check that episode, by the way. Episode 10, before we had a video, but goddamn, it was a good episode. Uh, but a little bit more about the band. So they started out, uh, they, they originally, or at least Adrian's and Adrian and um, I keep saying James, Jane's, Adrian Jane's is the guy, uh, mm-hmm. the other guy that was in the Outsiders. So Adrian Borland, uh, the Outsiders, punk band, and I, I guess the the I never heard anything by them, obviously, because I didn't, yeah. didn't hear the sound. But they they self released a, a few albums, uh, two albums actually called one first one Calling on Youth, which is 1977, and then 1978's Close Up. Apparently on uh, Borland's parents' label, uh, Raw Edge Records, which I imagine is just their parents' money or his and, parents' and money. Basement or something. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> which is super sweet yeah. that, he had, that he had supportive parents like that. I always like those stories because uh, I mean you get countless of like a, the the dad was super conservative and they hated what I was doing and the mom was religious and didn't like mm-hmm. but every once in a while like you get like a slint situation where the parents were like super nice and supportive and yeah like, eh, just let them do what they want all, all the time like yeah. hey, they, they seem to enjoy it like, yeah that's that's nice uh, so let's see um, bar Mar- uh, bar Marshall by Marshall uh, what's her her actual full Belinda name? Belinda. Yes. Was, really? I thought it was something like Bethany or something like with a, maybe it was Belinda. I don't know. I Belinda know. in my notes. So if, uh, uh, someone steered me wrong. Gonna pay for it. But yeah, the, I mean, yeah, the outsiders, they break up. Yeah. yeah um, Marshall was introduced to, to Adrian at the time. I think when they were still, when the outsiders were still together, yeah. it was from, uh, she was dating at the time, uh, Graham, yes. Graham Bailey. Yes. Who would go on to be the bass player for the sound. And she introduced him because they had like, the, she, he was like the only other person who had the same weird taste of music as her, which is at the time, Kraftwerk, Stooges, Roxy Music. At the, you know. At the time, that's fucking that's, weird. Throwing Kraftwerk into any three band yeah. list is like, what? Yeah. <laughs> Check out that episode, by the way. And the Stooges. Uh, Goddamn, we've covered a lot of bands here. Um, and uh, she would go like to, to their rehearsals, and then one day Adrian asked her like, "What do you, what do you play?" She's like, "Play piano." I was like, "You play anything smaller?" <laughs> She's like, "I uh, uh, clarinet, saxophone." He's like, "Bring your uh, bring your clarinet." And uh, which I I fucking like. We covered Martin Dupont recently, another a band with like just clarinet, a, a, just a clarinet thrown into a genre that doesn't have clarinet, and, and I works. like it, and it works. I, I've learned that I am a fan of the clarinet. <laughs> I'll I'll go clarinet over saxophone any fucking day, dude. I don't know why. It seems a little more diverse. Like a saxophone is 
It sounds like a saxophone. It's either real smooth or it's real abrasive. (laughs) Or it's hilarious. Or funny. It could be fucking. It it could be the. It it is the funniest sounding instrument, I think, because it it is naturally a fart sound. It's a natural fart sound. Outside of a slide whistle. Yeah. (laughs) Who has used a slide whistle musically? Van Halen. (laughs) What? Really? Yeah. They had a running with the devil. They used the slide whistle. I don't remember that. Are you sure it wasn't just I David? Remember, the audio? <laughs> no, I remember it. That's fucking all hilarious. The time. That's so good. Listen Check out that episode. Yeah, yeah episode eighteen. <laughs> that was way back. Uh, so yeah, he, so she started just like dicking around. She she played a few songs with them um, live. She wasn't like on a full set or anything, but she would like come in at the last few songs and maybe do like an encore with them. She would, she didn't really consider herself part of the band, but she was definitely, I know, just dicking around a little bit. Played with them live. Yeah, yeah. So naturally, that that after that dissolves, they uh, some stuff happened with a like a some side project in between that uh, I think Borland wanted to do called the Crazies. There's stuff in, uh, about that they can get into, but we're not going to here. But uh, eventually, they meet uh, what's his name, Michael Dudley uh, on drums. Graham Bailey goes to bass, and then we got. The sound. Yes, they would release an EP. Um, that's right. That's right. What that? What that one called? What uh, I did not write the name. Physical world. Physical yes. world. And that would gain the attention of N M E. N M E. Yeah, enemy and and wait, enemy. That's that's a magazine. Yeah. The, really? Oh shit. Yeah, they would do a write-up, and then the... I didn't, also, know they, I didn't know they reviewed that. Yeah, and then it would also get the attention of the omnipresent John Peel, which oh, back in the yeah. day, if... Yeah. Yeah. You're, you're, you're a made man if John Peel plays your music back in the day. So, um, hell yeah, hell yeah. And then, yeah, that would lead to them getting signed with... Uh, yeah, Karova, which they, is a division of Warner Brothers, which, well, we all know how that usually doesn't end well with uh, gigantic labels and independent bands. It usually mm-hmm. it's a usually it's a fucking horror story almost every time. And this is no different. But they also had to uh, they could have gone with EMI or yeah. Karova, and they went with Karova because like. Like we know they're part of Warner Brothers, but they, they there, there were new they, subsidiaries. They're saying they're gonna focus on independent. Uh, yeah, and boy, did they fucking not! <laughs> they fucked them so hard out of the gate, so hard. Yeah, like, I'm enraged did. by like what happened immediately. They were yeah, they were more enamored with Echo and the Buddy Men, which was the only other band at the time yeah. on that section of the label. And I get it, cool band. I mean, people want us to cover them for sure. Uh, they're cool band. I mean, not, not that it, it's how brutally like the favoritism was. It's, oh, yeah. It's just it's it's dog shit. So there's a few things that happened this early on that that I'll kind of keep recurring later on. One of them was uh, is is Mike Dudley and him being a little bit older, which is a Big it, it, at the time is is a big deal because he was eight years older than them. This is according to Mar- to, to Marshall. Um, she said, "I'll just read a quote." Because uh, there was there was a band conflict over the over the signing to to Karova, and uh, the, the 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 general consensus was that Mike wanted to be a rock star. Mm-hmm. And what, what she says, she says, uh, "I think it's true. Uh, we didn't share the same musical taste as Mike Dudley. He was eight years older than us. When you're in your early 20s and somebody is that kind of age older than you, it can make a huge difference. He was living in a squat 
but we were all still living at home. He was in a way much more grown up. Uh, he was in a way much more grown up and he was not from London. He had totally different ambitions as well as totally different tastes in music. I think he thought that a lot of the stuff we were doing was, uh, was too way out. Uh, and I, I can believe that was what he said. Uh, so he clearly like, he was like, listen, man, I don't want to be fucking broke. Sure. Just like doing all this, you know, listen, I want to fucking, I'm, I'm older. Like, you know, you get to, you'll, you'll get there. You'll understand where I'm coming from when you fucking want to start a family or something. Yeah. And that's a, uh, and for this decision, he was right for this particular signing to this particular <laughs> label. He was actually right. And even though I don't agree with like the rock star ambition type thing. Uh, so they recorded basically the equivalent of one album that wasn't released until many years later, which we're, we're going to be covering at the end in a roundabout way in a roundabout way. Uh, but, uh, yeah, we get the first album and, uh, the debut is like, I'm amazed it sounds as good as it does because it's a demo. The first album yeah. is a fucking demo. Yeah. And we'll, we'll get into it. And uh, it's fucking that's you want to start it out. Yeah, let's start this. So like I said, at the very top, the uh, sound has six albums total. First one came out in 1980. Last one, 1999. Very much posthumously. Um, the last official album, I suppose, like during the lifetime was 1987. Yes. But here we go. This is uh, 1980s Jeopardy. Got a bit of a build up here. Yep. Immediate and Joy Division vibes. Crank, crank a little bit. A little bit. And yeah, it's. I don't know. I forgot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It gets louder. It gets louder. Yeah. Um, interesting sound for the snare on this song. It's she lost control from Joy Division. It's just the, the turn off the snare. Oh uh, yeah. Uh, which is uh, this doesn't sound like Joy Division. It's just that particular thing. Like oh, post punk. This is very clearly post-punk. A little, little more minimal than Joy Division. Joy Division is pretty minimal earlier on, but I would say this is almost more, more like. So many feelings. You'll hear it in a second, but a little bit more rocking. Yeah, more on the for, for side. sure, for sure. Also, Adrian's voice struck me pretty immediately when I first heard this. He feels much more like a punk singer than a post-punk kind of guy. Love that. Love that so yeah. much. You think it's oh. gonna peak and they bring you, right, bring you right back down. Yeah. Oh, I love it. I love this song. Yeah. And the, those keyboards, that's, that's bio on there. Like super, just dissonant little notes just thrown in. Yeah, they're, they're so subtle. Yet I don't want them to not be there. Yeah, sometimes uh, a keyboard player, sometimes even guitar players can do these overplaying. Yeah, and then sometimes yeah, it's just like these nice little flourishes are more important than yeah than big riffs. Touches, touches here and there. I learn to live with what's trapped inside. I can't escape myself. 
So it does uh, it does pick up. It does get a little bit more uh, heavy duty. Yes. Not much more heavy duty, but uh, I fucking love that opener. I think it's gorgeous. And I like this album a whole lot. Uh, I just like it. I am... I, I really do... Like At first, I was like, ah, this is a cool album. It's not like the most consistent. It does end pretty with a thud. It doesn't have like the strongest closer. They, they're really bad at closing albums. And uh, I, don't, I don't agree with that. I don't, I don't agree with that. Even with the albums I don't like, I disagree with that. I Yeah, I think that's uh, a problem in terms of uh, like viewing them as albums is I think they're pretty weak at oh I, I disagree hard and i think this is a strong debut and i think this is a fucking post-punk classic not not like to the level of like uh, entertainment by gang of four or, you know unknown pleasures or something it's not like i don't think it's that but it, it's super fucking strong but uh the the reason i'm so angry at this album as you know this is a demo that was released on Karova. what had happened <laughs> This is like this is I'm just gonna read the quote from Marshall because she has so much to fucking offer with like these early albums. Uh she says uh Jeopardy had had actually already been recorded at the time uh that they signed to Karova. We had recorded at Elephant Studios with Nick Robbins and taken it originally to Karova uh, Karova as a demo. The only other act signed to Karova was like when the bunny in when we signed we signed to them. The first thing that happened was that we were each given a copy of Crocodiles, which were uh was about to come out and we all thought that because that album sounds so lush and full that we were going to be taken to a studio and allowed to re-record Jeopardy. Logical logical assumption. Thought, yeah. So then she goes on. Greg Penny uh, was answerable to Rob Dickens who was head of Warner's UK and he'd just been told that their budget for that accounting period had all been used up. Karova ended up releasing Jeopardy just as it was. We were really, really upset. Uh, we knew that comparisons would be drawn to the Bunnymen, who were the only other actor in Karova, and who had this fantastic album with phenomenal production. There was no budget for the artwork. The Sleeve is a Russian film poster that Greg managed to buy for 50 pounds because it had just come off copyright. Uh, Spencer, uh, Spencer Roll, uh, Sp- sorry, Spencer uh, Roll, a photographer friend of mine, took the photographs of us uh, for the sleeve, he was an apprentice photographer who I had befriended in my local uh, in in my local in Cam- Camberwell, and used to photograph food for cookbooks. He was quite happy to do it for free, other than the cost of film. He saw something else for his portfolio. So everything was fucking budget. They they had to fucking scrounge and find buddies to do it for no money. They were n- like the whole reason to get signed to a label is to get money, the funding to make a good album, and they got none of it. Yeah, I I I'm not um. The, the main thing that upset me was hearing about them going on tour with Echo and the Bunnymen. Horrible, horrible. That, um, you know, this album was well received critically. People but, loved it. But it bombed. But the other issue is when they went on tour in other countries, people who would see the sound and they liked it. They couldn't get the album. It was, couldn't get the fucking it was record. Basically, only available in the UK. Only available in London. Oh, it couldn't get outside of London. Even worse. So, yeah. Not only w- was the thing not funded and the album not funded, there was no distribution. They didn't yeah. even make the fucking record. So the people they might as well be an independent band. Exactly, yeah. and it was. It, I would say a step worse than that because the 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 final nail in the coffin and it eventually led to the the, the uh by being being fired from the band was they go on tour with like on the bunny like 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 you said like they're that's that's their that's that's the label promoting them mm-hmm. the, what 
them promoting them was they forced Echo and the Bunnymen to take them on tour with them, which immediately caused problems because apparently, uh, th- th- again, this is a quote according to Marshall. She says, uh, I got on fine w- with the Bunnymen personally, but there was a lot of antagonism there because they'd been forced to take us on tour and could have had someone buy onto the tour for about eight grand, which at the time was a lot of money. Uh, Korova, however, decided that because there was no budget to promote us, the easiest thing would be to put the two Korova bands on the same tour. The Bunnymen were forced to accept us, and some of the guys didn't hit it off. They're fantastic with me, though. Uh, whatever. Shut up. Shut up. Quit bragging. So they were they, the Bunnymen lost a bunch of money mm-hmm. taking them on tour, so they're already fucking pissed off. Then they couldn't even sell any records while on the tour. It, and then... Uh, at the end of it, it was just a blow up. Everybody hated each other at the at the end of the tour. Echo and the Bunnymen obviously in the sound didn't get along. Uh, all, all in all, uh, fine mess. What a mess. But, you know, for demos, these sound pretty, pretty good. They sound even, really yeah. good for a yeah. demo. Like, I, even though I don't love it. Um, I love a lot of this. I don't think the, it's perfect at all, but I think it's fucking really good. I think there's some cool things that little bit of foreshadowing like hour of need like uh yep yep like hey the they got a dark side to them oh they do and we're gonna explore that later yeah this is an interesting album because you get that dark side well you know it's where that song is super slow and dark and brooding and it's like oh and even the opener kind of escaped myself which is emotional and it has a lot of dynamics going on in there and it's I fucking love Adrian's voice on this album. I think more than any other album, probably. This feels the most like sincere and vulnerable. Mm-hmm. Even though I think he becomes a better singer later on. Um, but then you get the punkier garage stuff, like "Words Fail Me," which uh, I don't love it. It's not. A, it's not bad. I think the the main riff is very cool. I think that's the the best part of the song. Is a very, very unusual, uh, quirky main riff. Mm-hmm. But then you get Heartland, which is. Again, it's really strong, really fast, and high energy and hooky. And there's yeah. a strong chorus and Up- stuff that feels that feels full and nice. Helps, yeah. The the upbeat stuff like that and uh Heyday. Heyday's great. Yeah, really adds some like variety to an an album where it, it does this good balancing act. The the parts it's and again, it's not perfect. You don't love it, but the parts where I think it flubs pretty bad, not maybe not too bad, but flubs for sure missiles is the first one that i'm like i get i get the intention i know what that, it's trying to do it doesn't do anything that kind of seems like a big song for them big how or like it like it's probably included on like compilations and stuff and it, it comes up uh-huh. later on is it propaganda is that the last propaganda is the, yeah 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 so um it's a, it's a, it's one of their older songs yeah, yeah. so it, and it's like so it, it's a it's a bigger epic more epic kind of song it's it's longer uh it has a lot more things happening in it and there's, there's definitely some cool parts it just didn't feel as is punchy or as heavy and the parts that get big don't really feel that big and it, it just kind of drags on and I, I don't probably a song that would have been helped if they could have re-recorded it. Perhaps. <laughs> and I do think, I actually do believe that wholeheartedly. But the other stuff I don't, I mean, the closers, both both Unwritten Law and Desire, I don't, I don't love either one of those. And it kind of, it kind of, you know, drags the album down at the, at the very end. I'm going to, I'm going to go out on a limb and say you love Resistance. I 
love resistance <laughs> it's it. super fun it's circus music <laughs> it's fucking in, that's ingenious bass lines what do you mean Alex? no it's no it's a great song it's just a great song like i didn't said, even think circus but I, it's just in there i just love things that happen to feel like that yeah uh and, and, and whenever I, I write it in my notes i'm like that's a mike that's a mike yeah, song yeah if it's fucking stupid and kooky i mean uh, no it is, it is one of the like it's very unique. Yeah, it's. I think it's one of my favorite off the album. And I also love Night versus Day too. Uh, oh, so it's dude. the dark, darkest, most evil thing on the album. Great guitar, great main guitar line. Yeah, it's like a kind of a blending of like goth music and psychedelic music, and yeah. And that that's probably like that's the post punk part yeah. of this album, kind of coming out because it's still very much a post punk record, even though it has like some punkiness and some garageness, and it's a little bit more aggressive and demo quality. Uh, it's not as uh. Morose is that the right word? As like yeah. a is what we normally think. But then post punk is so fucking vast. You get shit like Killing Joke, which can be super dark, but is also sometimes super duper happy. And then Gang of Four, which is way punky, and then Joy Division, which is obviously super duper sad. Mm-hmm. It, I love this genre, and I think this is a is a is a fine entry into that genre. Uh, I think it's a strong debut. It's not perfect, but yes. I I I, I find myself really like kind of thinking about this album a lot. These days, uh, if I if I don't hate it, I'll take it. And we do listen to a lot of music that we end up hating. Yes, uh, so uh, not a bad not a bad start. No, no. Uh, but uh, what happened after this? So Marshall's fucking axe. She's kicked out, uh, and uh, you know that's probably not that cool. It's not too cool. There's a uh, she has oh, she he- has takes on it, and as as well as Dudley has takes on it yeah kind of feeling like um adrian um borland yeah uh probably you know displaying some signs of his paranoia uh, yeah Yeah. feeling like oh well she's the only girl in the band that's all the media is gonna focus on well that is the thing is that that is literally what was happening though like it wasn't even just his parent so the paranoia so what happened was during like this whole time period all the press Everyone was actually flocking to her just because she was the sole female member, mm-hmm. and because that's a unique thing. It's it's just a thing that it's just press, it's, especially at the top. Yeah, exactly. They're going to flock to the one female mem- female member, especially uh, one who isn't the the fucking the singer. Mm-hmm. She's she's just a key or keyboardist, you know, clarinetist, saxophonist, whatever. Um, and I guess on the surface, it could seem like he was being a diva queen about it and being jealous and. You know, that sounds like a very Billy Corgan kind of response. I don't know if it was that. I think it was I think it was the misrepresentation of what the band is that he didn't like. Like it's not like this like she's she's contributing, but she's not like the band. Like she's not even writing the music. Like there's other people here. Yeah, I get that. And I, I do I do appreciate that. But because of that, which I don't agree with, he asked that she doesn't talk. Like during like don't 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 say anything. I'm just like, all right, that's 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 a little bit of an overcorrection, dude. Like, like she still contributes. She's still a, a member of the band. Don't Ooh. fucking like silence her with the. Oh, that's fucking stupid. So there was that contention going on, mm-hmm. and then the back when the Bunnyman tour is the final nail in the coffin. Like that was like, that that caused all these tensions. And this is what she says on it. She says, uh, "Quote: I was fired. Uh, Adrian and I had an argument a few days after the Echo and the Bunnyman tour ended." Her, uh, and then um, what, what else? What else? Uh, she, then she says, Adrian is no longer around to answer for himself. Um, what was it? No, that's the end of the quote. Yeah. So the the whole 
chunk uh, that, that Tom took out her. It says, um, she was ostracized from the band for a while, but she remained close friends with both Graham Bailey and uh, Adrian Janes from, from the Outsiders. Uh, Marshall and Adrian uh, also, to a degree, patched their quarrel up, reestablishing a friendship of sorts in the years before his death, which we could talk about later on, how they kind of made up. Uh, but Dudley said, uh, Bai wasn't very happy with the direction the music was going. She was moving in a different direction and wanted to make music with an art statement, and which was much more wry and ironic. That was fair enough, but by the time by that time, we were already pulling in the U2 direction. It wasn't a completely amicable split, and she was upset about it. Unfortunately, that's the way it goes sometimes. What, what a matter of fact fucking quote very british very uh and looking at that that quote like fuck man like i would have liked to hear a more like crazy weird and strange direction yeah like for sure i thought that i don't like the albums that came after like i kind of want i I would like to hear more weirdness uh but in any case they uh they got the uh colvin mayors uh aka max mayors i believe is that his nickname? I believe. I don't know his nick. I just, I, I, it, I wrote Colt. Yeah, Colt yeah, Mayors. Yeah, I think the. Um, yeah, they call him Max. He's from the Cardiacs, by the way. Uh, we've got requests to do them in the past, and it's a band that uh, I don't. I'm sorry to the person who requested. I forgot who it was. I think they sent me a track, and I listened to the one track. I'm like, holy shit. Mm. is a whole peak my curiosity it's just so i mean backed up with a request yeah but i know yeah never heard them the crazy band and it, it, it's a band that comes up a few times in this discography sure uh and i think it's one that we gotta kind of fast track on the priority list at some point because they seem important and very good by fast track like two to three months <laughs> <laughs> what would we do what we can uh but yeah so colvin or max whatever um he joins i think he was around for a little bit um playing guitar here and there uh but they just repurposed him and put him on keyboards full time mm-hmm. something like that so are you ready i'm ready here we go this is 1981's from the lion's mouth was not expecting this at all. Oh, really? The, the super synthy new wavy type stuff? It kind of reminds me of uh, Amadeus, Amadeus. <laughs> Alright, fair enough. That's not, I get it, I get it. Oh, man, the guitars. It's very good. Yes. This feels so post-punk, whereas the first album was like, I get it, I get the comparison. This is like, oh yeah, this is oh yeah, super dark. Yeah, I felt way more engaged with this song than anything really? on the previous one. Also, Adrian sounds way more new wavy, way more clean and clear. Like a like a, a better singer, honestly. Yeah. But no more like snarliness and kind of uh, shakiness.
very good. This is uh, oh, a yeah. very pretty. This is produced by Hugh Jones, who worked with uh, the Teardrop Explodes, Echo the Bunny Man, the Down Bauhaus. Uh, check out. I mean, we did Bauhaus. Check out that episode. Yes. Um, um, and then I guess maybe we aren't going to agree, but best personal favorite. No chance. Fuck no. I, I, and you, this is, this is. I, I'm not surprised, and I am surprised. Yeah. I'm, I'm not surprised because everyone considers this the best one. See, I had no idea. I don't fucking get it. I, I, it's fine. I don't even like it nearly as much as the first album. <laughs> it was down to two, two albums for me, this one and some other one. Uh huh. And at the end of the day, I just found this one to be more consistent. Uh, I found it to be substantially less consistent. Not that it's not good. I still like it a lot. Uh, but comp- like comparing what stuck with me, this one just felt. I, I think maybe more, maybe more samey the whole way through, which it is. And it's not, not even a, a knock on it. The sameness. I, I will say the middle of this album does not really thrill me, but the, the, the middle is where I have my problems. Mm-hmm. And it's uh, like, again, like the st- I don't dislike anything on this album. Like there's only, there's only a few songs in the entire discography that, that I actually dislike, but stuff like contact the fact it's cool. It's a cool new wave rocker. I don't find it to be that interesting. What it does, I mean, aside from it being super long, it just doesn't suck to me. Like, and that's not enough. Yeah. Like, it it, it yeah. doesn't suck. That's, yeah. I, but that's not enough. I, yeah, I dig the the vibe. Um, I had issues with skeletons, judgment, and possession. I have problems with judgment and possessions. I really like skeletons. Uh, I don't think it's the most interesting song in the world but those bass lines carry a lot of weight yeah really the, solid bass lines yeah the thing you said about it not sucking not being enough that's just kind of how i yeah. feel about it judgment but, and possession of the only the other two songs that i don't like yeah uh but you know the fire the fire is yeah it's it's and that bass line is very strong yeah i i love that song this gets me amped um and then new dark age it's one of the best closers yeah um, uh, maybe maybe their best closer. Um, fantastic, super I'm, driving, dark and rad. You gonna pop that song, bitch on? Sure, fuck it. Let's. Uh, Did it take a while to start? Uh, well, we're gonna find. We're gonna find. <laughs> oh no! Yeah, you get that like cool kettle drum sounding thing. Yeah, that like continues throughout the song too. So big. So Hugh, Hugh did a lot, um, and it's why this album sounds so moody, full, moody, full. Uh, Dudley said, uh, "Quote: I wouldn't say that Hugh was calling the shots on from the lion's mouth. He was definitely directing things though, and getting us to focus on certain strengths and to play on those. It was good to get a good direction. This definitely feels like a direction. Yes, yes. There is a, a vision that is being executed here." Yeah, this one t- it, t- it does take a while to, to get going, but goddamn that build up is You kind of get that. Yeah, yeah you kind of get the idea. And it's a big song. It fucking it. it yeah, it it gets nice and. Oh yeah, yeah. But yeah, Sorry. it's just uh, a band. I don't 
think any album is perfect. So it was between this one and someone else or some other album. And uh, I was just like, this this works the best for me. I don't think they have any perfect albums either, but I don't I don't. So here's the thing, like another classic I mentioned earlier was is Entertainment by Gang of Four, which I don't think that's a perfect album either. either. Like, I don't think it's. But I think it's, I feel, it still feels super important and amazing to me whenever sure. I hear it. Like, it still moves the fuck out of me. And I still, like, that's how I feel about this band. Like, uh, I don't I don't mind that it's, like, not perfect because it, it just, the parts that I love are just, god damn, they kill me. They fucking kill me. That's how I feel about the first album. That's how mm-hmm. I feel about another album. Uh, th- just not this one. Just for some reason. And I don't know why I don't love this album the way everyone else loves this album. I don't know. I, I will I will say when the middle of the album's kind of a slog, it it does change change my feelings a little mm. bit. But also, I don't know. I'll, I'll take the bookends of, of this album and it's just That does a that, lot too. Yeah, the highs are yeah. are really high for me. And um I could I could definitely see the argument being made for another album being best but and we're teasing the fuck out of it yeah, yeah. <laughs> teasing the fuck out of it but i think it's that one is just like the the lows are really low for me so uh one another final thing uh is that the keyboard sound on here it's so fucking different than what Bai was doing like so different and even though she said she did help you know like yeah do the demos and stuff she was yeah she did a bunch of stuff on, on the demos I, I think some of the stuff made it um on the on the well as what she says <clears throat> for the song sets a purpose which i do like the song quite a bit it's one of my favorites uh period yeah. of, of them um she says that uh, she never got. She says, "I never got to finish since a purpose." And unfortunately, the random noodling stayed in, meandering all over the place, completely <laughs> lost. <laughs> so, like all the dick, I guess there's dicking around on there, and that she, because uh-uh. I guess most of the time she would just kind of like, she was having trouble with these songs. Everyone finished their stuff, and she mm. was just like, "Oh." But uh, Mayors came in, and he, I mean, he, it sounds more like traditional post punk and goth, and the really bright bing no, for sure, holding on the one note kind of stuff. It's still cool. I don't, I don't mind. It's just a different thing. Uh, but Alex's best personal favorite, as well as many other. Uh, See, yeah, yeah. I, I had no idea how these, these well, fans feel. This is one interesting thing that that Tom put put here in the notes. Two different enemy reviews. One retro retrospective, and then one at the time. I believe. Yeah. Which is hilarious when you look at this stuff, because uh, I think the first one. I, I hope this is the point he's trying to make. Otherwise. Uh, from a moron, but it says uh, the first one. This was like when it was released. It says uh, uh, the, right here. It says I think it's taken from the wiki. It says an enemy compared the album's bleak nature to Joy Division's Closer, despite the sound being uh, posited as a gloomy band. All Music wrote uh, this is written this is from All Music. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Um, all Music wrote Snake Charming opener, winning as like a dash of cold water in the face of all the bands that were wallowing and withering away at the weeping well. Like, first of all, fuck you for writing all those W's, <laughs> asshole. You're not a fucking poet. You're a goddamn music critic. You suck. Anyway, the sound were not mopes. They had their problems with life, but rather than just vent or escape from them, they confront them and ask questions and attempt to sort it all out. Yeah, that's a weird. That's a fucking weird thing to write. Fast forward to 2011. 
enemy says the lyrics cut from the same cloth as Joy Division's Closer or the Manic Street Preachers, the Holy Bible are both unsparing and unrelentingly bleak in case song titles like Skeletons and New Dark Age didn't provide the tip off. So it's like, okay, so you see that the guy killed himself. You see that this is a sad thing after the fact. Now, now these songs are sad. Yeah. Where at the time, these were happy songs. Yeah, before I knew he was dead, I thought these yeah. were sad songs. Before I knew that he was fucking super crazy and suicidal. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so people are full of shit. <laughs> That's basically the, the takeaway. Yeah. Don't listen to anybody. Go home. Uh, Go but, home. You're drunk all music. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. But we still got some more. We got a handful more. So if you ready. I'm ready. Hell yeah. This is 1982's All Fall Down. Craft work, craft work insanity is going on here. Yeah, with like the same rhythm of uh, the wall. <laughs> this is already just what the fuck kind of opener is this? This this song made way more sense to me after I read about what had happened during this time period mm-hmm. because this is not the most accessible new wavy. Also, this this feels more like a an intro than like a proper set or proper song. Like it feels intro like, but it goes on for two minutes or two and a half minutes, and it just kind of wallows in this weird area of like I I wouldn't listen to it on its own. Like I need it to lead into something. Yeah, I fucking love it because it's, because it's so weird and, and off. And again, it's, it's, it's hard to put this as, as a, again, it's, it shouldn't be like on its own. Yeah. It, it's fucking odd. It's very, this is his most schizo-effective song, I think, <laughs> in the sound. It's very paranoid, it's very manic. So this, yeah, it gets fucking crazy and angry, and then it just cuts off and it leads into the next track. Yes. So that song piqued my interest. Fuck yeah, that's and personal it, favorite. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I could, <laughs> I could see that. Uh, yeah, hundred percent. But the song it leads into. You don't like it? No. I fucking love it. It's it's party of my mind. I can't believe it. It's I so fun. It's so put it on to give people taste because this is an interesting. This is a rare case too. Well, I love a song and you hate a song. Yeah, that's rare. I, I honestly, fe- I felt really dis- disappointed with this. If this doesn't, it doesn't do anything for it's me. It's so accessible. You know what? First listen, I'm like, the bass lines are finally good. The bass lines are finally yeah. interesting to me because even though I like the first album and I really like the first album, the bass lines always felt lacking. Like mm-hmm. it's kind of like I know where these are going. This is like this is new wave done right. Love it. <laughs> 
Love this song. I feel like if that's the direction a band is going, I need some like big hooks or something. And it's just I love that hook. I, the hook works for me. It's it, just kind of there for me. It drives me crazy that this isn't heralded as the fucking absolute best. This is so I love every I, song in here. I wouldn't be mad. I wouldn't be mad at it because like I think it's a rough start. But at a certain point, I'm like, there's some, there are some real good songs. Amazing songs. And that's just the difference here because you think it has a rough start. I think it has a fucking amazing start and holds it for an insanely long time. Like the the first actual kind of like iffy point is, uh, where is it? Uh, calling the new tune, which which what track is that? How how late to the album is calling the new tune? That's pretty deep in Th- there. That's yeah. track seven. So. And I don't even dislike the song. I still like the song. It's just not as strong as the first six, which is I, I incredible. Di- I disagree. That's that's one of the songs where I'm like, where I think it's interesting. Really? That that one does it for you? That one does it for me. Uh, it's, it has this, great arrangements in it, for sure. Yeah, it's very, like, mechanical and robot sounding. Yeah. And, like, maybe that should have followed All Fall Down. Uh, I, I, I like, I love the order of this. I love Party of the Mind. Uh or party of my mind, whatever. Um, I'm, I'm getting two different listings. One says party of the mind. One says party of my mind. I'm assuming it's my mind, but, uh, so I, I think this is a fucking post punk classic. I mm-hmm. love this album. I, I can't believe I never heard it before. I can't believe people don't talk about this more. I think this is absolutely incredible. I, I'm going to come back to this thing for years. Um, so many, so many of these songs move me in ways that make me feel so shitty in such a good way. Like, like the way you, like the way Joy Division does that you want. Yeah. Such as fucking Monument, which tears at my soul. God. Oh my God. I love that song. I was devastating. I, I like that one better than Party of the Mind. But I, at the end, I was just like, I'm still kind of bored. Oh, I, it, I fucking I, love, I get chills when those drums come in. I fucking love it. For a little while, I was like, is this going to get, is this going to get worse? You're out of your mind. It's so fucking top heavy. It's so consistent at the game. You're crazy. Oh my God. Things I love on here though. Red paint. Red paint is great. So good. Uh, it's just very interesting. And then I love following it up with like, Glass and smoke. Glass and smoke is the one that's going to turn people off. That is is abrasive on the surface, but it is a great song. It's fucking crazy. Yeah, those two songs just feel like companion pieces to me. I'm glad they're like one right after another. I I love. Yeah, the B side. Like, yeah, the B side of this is like where it's at for me. There's like anyway. Uh, so. The, the the big takeaway from this album is how this is the craziest album that they have. They've they've never gone weirder than this. They've never got more experimental or psychedelic than this. And the reason for that is uh well they had a little bit of a falling out, I believe, with uh Warner Brothers. Mm-hmm. And uh oh they yeah, they wanted them to be more commercial <laughs> fucking recorded. As uh, Dudley the the drummer says, he says uh Warner Brothers wanted us to start writing calculatedly commercial songs. They suggested Duran Duran as a template. Our attitude was to ignore them, basically. <laughs> and, I, I mean, yeah, he's fucking right. Like, uh, well, something else he says later is like, if you want us to be commercial, why don't you throw money at us? Yeah, instead of you, you fucking sandbagging us, essentially. Yeah. And uh, so th- at this point, they were like basically 
actively doing the opposite. Like we're going to make these songs fucking weird. Good for them. Yeah. yeah. And uh, so Dolly says, uh, we fell out with Rob Dickens. We didn't like him. We didn't like the company. We thought they were, they weren't giving us the support that we were due. And that if they really wanted a commercial album, they got, they had got to put a uh, plenty of money behind it, which well, Jeopardy and from lines about, they hadn't really done. Mm-hmm. Like you said, uh, and the whole relationship didn't, didn't work well. Uh, but, but they, they got, uh, one of the engineers on this album was Flood, who I've, I've never heard that name before, but Tom decided to, to send us a little list of everything he's worked on. Good God. Holy shit. Very, very diverse. And- the Associates, New Order, Ministry, uh, U2, Nick Cave and the Bad Seas, Nine Inch Nails, Jason Mary Chain, Depeche Mode, PG Harvey, Smashing Pumpkins, Sugar Rose. I mean, good, good Lord, dude. War, War Paint. War Paint. A newer band I like. That's... You know, I always thought that album uh, that he's credited on working with Warpaint uh-huh. sounds like amazing. I probably listen to it too much. Uh-huh. Um, it's kind of like my go to, like <clears throat> if I have a date in the car or something like really? I'm like that album is is safe. I don't have to worry about things getting weird. It's uh-huh. a very cool like uh-huh. vibe. It's not like overly dramatic, like. Portishead. Oh, yeah. Nobody loves me. It's true. So I just like, I kind of go to that. And it sounds great. And it's cool to know that's this, this dude had a part yeah. of it. That's, I didn't think about that. Like, this is this part one of the reasons I'm a, a partial sociopath is like, I, I, like, when it comes to music in the car, I only recently I kind of put on something like, okay, they won't be offended by this. But I'll never put on anything that's appropriate. <laughs> like, uh, like, uh, I, I mean, I, my, I think about what's playing in my car probably too much. Dude. Yeah. Uh, the most recent time it was, I was with uh, a friend from um, uh, out of state who, yeah. I, who I hadn't met in person before. Mm-hmm. It was her and another buddy of ours. And I put on Don Caballero because I love, I love, what is it? Um, is it American Life, I believe? Yeah. Um, friends, I don't give a shit. Uh, no, no, but the thing is, I, 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 it's a new person who I hadn't met sure, before. No, I get so, what you're saying. So I put that on like, listen, this is pretty drum heavy and they're not going to like it, but it's a relaxing album to me. I think mm-hmm. it's pretty, yeah, whatever. I don't yeah. care. And that was me compromising, but I've uh-huh. done it in the past. I've put on a fucking sunbather with a first date kind of situation and it didn't go over that well. <laughs> no, <laughs> you got to know she's into sunbather. I uh, knew she of, wasn't. Ahead of time. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so yeah, it's a thing to probably keep in mind. Anyway, <laughs> uh, so back to that's the reason the album is is way weirder, way more experimental than any other ones. Uh, but also the reason I love it is isn't just the craziness. It helps. I like the I like the craziness. It keeps it interesting. The writing I think is just so much fucking better. Like In Suspense has these heavy ass pianos in there. Fucking awesome. I love it. And then by the time Where the Love Is comes on, I am so sold. I'm so excited that a fucking fifth amazing song in a row has come on. I, oh, I love it. It's so goddamn good. I love that song. Damn. Beautiful. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. To me, weak, weak A side. And oh. then I got hyped towards the end. But then also, it this kind of closes on a whimper to me. I do not care for. 
We we uh we could go far. Yeah, I like it. I like it. I, like, I like it a lot. You guys didn't go far enough. It's so spacey and pretty. It's got the reverse symbols in there. It's got this hypnotic ass bass line with the really ambient guitar. It's very nice. I think it's very nice. Mm. I like it a lot. Mm. Yeah, this after all the weird industrial moody shit before that, I was ah didn't. I I will. I there's one thing I will relent. And it's a thing that I, I'm saying in almost every episode now. I said it last week. Glass and smoke. Out of, out of everything I've ever heard in my entire life, it has the quickest and bitches fade out <laughs> I have ever I have ever heard. I said it a million times. Hate a quick fade out. Quick fade out is super bitch. <laughs> Way to, to take away all the impact of your song, then fade it out super within three seconds. What are you doing? And the fact that the song is seven minutes and it had so much time to fade out and then yeah. just right at the end just a yeah. quick a quick ass like it feels so jarring and uh, i hate that i do like the song but hate the way it ends also i think it's a, a story of two bands well not like two totally different bands but you know they have these like full lush sounds and then they have like very minimal stuff and glass and smoke to me does both it goes back and forth between those two things so that's yeah yeah, it has a, it has a lot of psychedelia in there. It's a uh, it, it's super the noise the areas that it gets noisy. It is very noisy, uh, but it's it's very cool, very cool song. Um, yeah, this is is honestly becoming one of my one of my favorite post punk albums ever. Uh, the world doesn't agree. Whatever, fuck it, just give it a shot, man. God, god damn it, I think it's great. Ah, man. Oh, dang. Yeah, I mean the band's not perfect, and uh, there are some the highs are really high for me, but. So the whole I, I, for me, baby. I, yeah, I think it's worth checking out despite the things I don't like. Yeah, if if you like party of party of my mind, the song that he didn't like, if you like that one, I think you'll like the whole album because that's like a pretty good like uh almost litmus test of like all right, well if that's not gonna work, then there's probably a lot of stuff here that I love that's not like yeah it's 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 a good example. If you like that, you might quite enjoy the rest. But now. They are uh, were they on a different level? Yeah. So yes. this 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 album was put up by uh, W E A. I think that's still it's, it was still Warner, but yeah. it wasn't Corova uh, Corova anymore. Yeah. Yep. So now they're on what the fuck are they on now? They're on definitely not Warner anymore. Ah, uh, you like exploded through that. <laughs> oh yeah, they're on uh where is it? Where is it? Right. Their, Heads like, and Hearts uh, Static Records. I think it's yeah. yeah. I think it was their own. Yeah, because they have a song called Static with a K. They do. They do. Um. Let's see, let's see. Not much of Yeah, very little very little information. Yeah. So it seems like their own hmm. own little thing. Yeah. All right. Anyway, it's uh here we go. So this uh yeah, this is the next one. This came out in nineteen eighty five. This is Heads and Hearts. As soon as he started singing, I hate that vocal line. I yeah, I didn't love this opener. It has good energy. It's a, it's a better type of opener than the last album as an opener, but I don't think it's a very good song. Yeah, but you know, I'm like, hey, they uh, they have surprises. I'm not like yeah. writing this album off right away. Yeah. Ooh. 
feels dissonant, like ugly. Yeah, like... I get what they're going for. This doesn't feel effective to me. Just go this one here. Yeah, just let the chorus play. So this is like the catchiest part of the song. This is the best part of the song. It's yeah. just saying a lot. And then, yeah, I don't even think it's, like, that catchy. No, it's not. It's this last part I like. And that's it. All right, all right. We listened to way too much of that fucking song. Yeah, we did. We listened to two minutes. <laughs> two minutes. Uh, and that's basically the album. Honestly, I don't... It does. It's, it's one of those albums where it feels like Every song is in the same BPM. Yep, yep. It has a lot of the same, a lot of, a lot of the sameness going on. Uh, Dudley fucking hates this album. I don't hate this album. I, I don't, don't even I, think don't it's hate, that bad. Yeah, I don't hate it either. Um, but then also, you know, we're working with hindsight. Uh, I guess he is too. Yeah, I suppose. Yeah, Dudley said. Uh, he was asking on why the or the question was uh, why wasn't it well received, and he says, "Well, because it was just miserable. I never liked it. It's a very dark album, and it's really Adrian in a in a being a bit pissed off. Really, there wasn't anything vaguely commercial there. There are aspects to it which musically I find interesting, such as, for instance, yeah, 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 sorry, sorry, sorry. Um, it's not a very good album, really. He says it's not a very. It, I don't think it's amazing. I think it's okay, and I." The reason why I give it the like the okay is because the thing we initially disagreed on, the closers, the final mm-hmm. two tracks, I love. I love them. Well, World As It Is and Temperature Drop. I think they're both fucking fantastic. I think World As It Is fucking rips. I think it's one of their best songs. It's like interesting. It's, it's so weird hearing a song that good at the end of an album that's not that great. I, I think I, with that song, I go back to how the album feels like it has one tempo. I think if World As It Is was maybe like in the middle or something. In the middle would, or even as a follow up because it, it has such fucking it, snappiness and, and really great drums. to it. Yeah. yeah. Um, there, there are things I like on here. Um, and one of the was it the guy's name Dudley. One of the things yeah. he liked was the saxophone on right. the album and i agree i think uh ian nelson played saxophone on whirlpool under you and love is not a ghost uh, yeah under you like this the like the flourishes of just the saxophone here and there in the song like uh-huh. really work for me um, you know that's, kinda, that song oh finish. kind of like how you were talking about the keyboard playing on uh, on the first one yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. uh that song man, like talk about new whip it that song feels like peter gabriel type new wave in the, in that kind of that little uh, that little pull right there, I I feel like love is not a ghost is more more like Peter Gabriel. I that one is just it is a good song. I that one's a little too sappy for me. Oh really? Yeah. I, I don't mind. I like it. I like the it has some really cool unusual progressions and guitar lines in there. Uh, not too bad. Not too bad. But there is some like noise guitar in there too, but it's mm-hmm. just overall 
yeah real sappy for me i don't mind total recall uh, either i like the movie a lot more but i think <laughs> it's, it's again it's a lot of melancholy there's a lot of sappiness on here they're really i mean they're gonna lean more on the next one i think but like a lot of i think a lot of melancholy yeah the- Total Recall is a little too samey to whirlpool. It's, it's not, yeah, it's not super it, impactful or anything. I do like the outro quite a bit. It has mm-hmm. like a lot of ambient acoustic guitars and synths floating around. Uh, Mining for Heart isn't too bad. I, I like the, the arrangements and mood a lot more than that. That's my favorite song. On oh, the really? Album. Yeah. yeah. I, I really enjoy Mining for Heart. Uh, I, Temperature drop just fucking moves me, man. I yeah. It just makes me feel shit. I just it just makes me feel shit. <laughs> Love it. Uh, and that yeah, it's like a I'll massive s- step down from the last one. But goddamn, it still has moments where I'm like, yeah, all right. Also, the last two albums were kind of like evil and sinister, and yeah, you don't get that too much here. No, no. But please. there is one song that scratches that itch. It's uh, Wildest Dreams. Wildest Dreams. I found it to be lengthy and boring as shit. I mean, it is <laughs> it is lengthy, but uh, it kind of felt like a, a holdover from the previous two albums. So it, it worked for me because. Yeah, there's only a, a few moments in this album. The next one where like, oh, that feels a little bit more like the they're, they're kind of the experimental side of them. Again. Yeah. Uh, very few though. Mostly, it's in like Dudley said earlier on the U two direction, which uh, you know I, I'm not a huge fan of that too much. Yeah, but neither am I. Yeah, it's not that like I don't dislike new wave stuff, uh, but it's just uh, I like to feel like I'm not listening to the same song <laughs> over and over. And you can have the same style with it just feeling different. Like I, I also said that in the past, when everything is sappy and like. In melancholy, like, ah, what do you want? And it's just how many of the variations of the same types of riffs you're going to do. Unless you're Slayer. Unless you're Slayer. We're full of shit and biased. We just like metal. Why can't we just listen to metal here? I just, I just think some bands do it better than others. Ah, uh, yeah. And Slayer. Even, even Slayer, though, I mean, like, as much as I love the band, we listen to 12 albums, man. A lot of those feel like the same fucking album. <laughs> a lot of them. A lot of them feel like the same fucking album. Uh, but yeah, definitely a step down. I don't hate it the way the drummer hates it. Uh, totally. Uh, and like seriously, hearing the way he talks about it, like, holy shit, this must be the worst. But I don't think so. I don't I, think so. There's like three, for me, like three songs on here that are cool and yeah. i dig two songs that i think are some of their best songs there you go yes yeah. that's, that's better than being a total wash yep hell yeah hell yeah but we got two more albums one more in their lifetime and here we are the, the album before they broke up uh the last time before they broke up this is 1987's thunder up So I don't know if people listening will, will catch it, but I caught it the first time I put this on, and I I thought this is the one of the worst mastering jobs I've ever heard. Ooh. This sounds way quieter than every other album I own. It sounds shitty, and uh, it it feels off. Something something's wrong with this. The way this was made. Yes. I learned in the notes from Tom that is exactly what happened. Something was off and something wrong happened in the, the making of this record. Also, the song sucks. It's, um. I mean, yeah, it doesn't sound like 
anything else they've done. Yeah. It feels like they're going more that into the boring route of of new wave than the the weird exciting parts. Yeah, it's very uh, you know, what's this uh, outfield poppy high voices, high you know, bright guitars. Yeah, like it's like a, a B side to the cure or something. Man, that's an insult to the cure. Because <laughs> they have killer B sides. Oh, this is just better than this. <laughs> You get away. I know, I'm just kidding. Uh, well, let's say it, everybody. Worst, least favorite. Worst, least favorite. So yeah. my prediction was totally flopped. It was it was a little bit of reversed, yeah. Yeah. Actually, I don't know why I said that. Like, talking about it with you now, this is, like, so obvious. It's Dude, so the obviously the worst. It's so bad. And it's, like, there's still stuff on here that I like. And it, it, more than I'll get into in a second. But overall, the, the, the drop-off... From this one to the last one is pretty steep, but from this one to any other album, it's like, whoa, yeah, whoa, this is a weirdly bad wreck. I uh, mean, there are things that this sound like outright bad on here, like some of like the I call I just call any keyboard effect that sounds awful oh, MIDI keyboards, MIDI or Casio. Yeah, it's just like, oh man, like prove me wrong. It's just. Oh, sounds so bad. Iron Years is the sappiest fucking song. It is painfully boring. Yes. Uh, and, and so, so a little bit what I was talking about during the song playing, the the production here is so dog shit. And it's not like it's not, it didn't sound awful. It uh, it's not like it was recorded badly or mixed badly. It was the the processing afterward made it. Uh, 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 unpleasant to the what's the word? It was, it was not a um. It, it was, it's like not appropriate for for commercial listening. It's like mm-hmm. it wasn't. It didn't go through all like the proper checks. So what happened here? Um, first of all, Dudley's out of his fucking mind because he really likes this album. He really, I guess, he likes like his favorite album. Fucking crazy, person. insane. Uh, so. But he does agree with the production. So this is his quote. He says, uh, the only thing wrong with the album is the production. Wrong, wrong, wrong. But also I get it. <laughs> Unfortunately, Nick Robbins, who produced who produced it, had got a hold of an early digital recording box. For some bizarre reason, he thought that it would be a good idea to transfer all the Ooh. tape master down onto digital. And that was what it was mastered from. The quality of the reproduction is horrible as a result. But from a musical viewpoint, I think it's said some of our best stuff is on. I'm really, really pleased with it. First yep. of all, fuck you for that last sentence. But yeah, even if it sounded amazing. No, no. And, and OK, so let, let's just break that down for a quick second. Transferring a t- a tape master down to an early 1987 digital form. Do you think he is this? He's probably this like on all the cocaine. There's no way that was a fucking he's sober. Probably thought. this like caught up and ooh, it's new. It's the future. The fucking. I get the 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 state of the art. Like it's cutting edge. It's it's fucking this new technology. It's good, but almost always it it ends up being like the some of the stupidest production techniques <laughs> in sounding records i mean i mean i said it countless times but like the the records of the 60s of the mid to late 60s are some of the worst sounding stereo production you'll ever hear in the world because they didn't know how to <laughs> pan things correctly sure. so uh clearly this was a bad move but it's also a painful move C- certain moments where 
I forget which song it is. Uh, maybe I can find it really quickly. But there's a, a song on this record with a lot of feedback. And it hurts so badly. I'm listening, I'm listening to this shit in my car where you can kind of crank it with car speakers because, you know, you got a big speakers and you get a lot of bass. And it's not, I'm not cranking this album. Mm-hmm. And it's still piercing my ears, the fucking feedback on this thing. Like, it sounds like dick. It's not. It's not good. Uh, but now let's talk about the songs. Uh, yeah, I feel like the only song that could have been saved, like maybe if they did it two, three albums ago, is "Web of Wicked Ways." But here, it's it's just pedestrian. It's just, pretty and forgettable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd like the subtlety. I like the percussion and uh, then the quieter parts. Uh, it doesn't save it for me. But and again. I'm going back to my original opening statement. The closers, the final two oh. tracks on you. I like them a lot. No. I like them a lot. I give you, I give you pain. Uh, it has like, it has the dynamics and build up and subtlety of some of the albums that I do like. That one, I will say, I give you pain. Does feel a little better. It, it it's not blind. It, Unlike the rest, it's not blindly sad or melancholy. Mm-hmm. It's more experimental, experimental. It's more noisy. And angry. I think that's a song that hurts my ears, honestly, but whatever. It reminded me of stuff from Awful Down. Not nearly as good, but still, it's like, that's something. I appreciate what's happening there. And You've Got Away is the best song on the album. I, it's I beautiful it. and memorable. I love it. It's the only thing that keeps the album being from being abominable to me. That's how much I love that song. It's fucking beautiful. Oh, I love uh, it. I hate it. This is... <laughs> yeah, that's the other one where it's like those MIDI instruments are fucking making this worse than it needs to be. They do sound stupid. They do sound goofy. <laughs> and date, yeah. yeah, for sure. Oh, dated as fuck. Not good. Not good. <laughs> but goddamn, it's pretty. It's so haunting. I find it to be a very memorable in terms of the way it's written. Very memorable. Uh, and, and it left me like not hating the album after like. Like oh, it ended with something I love. All right, it's still not a good album. It's still very clearly the worst. It sounds like shit, but god damn it, I'll get. I gotta give it up. I love their closures, man. For the most part, not for me. Ah dang! Oh dang! Oh shucks! But unquestionably the the, the weakest. And I'm I'm also curious. Like he like the, the Dudley like like this album. What the wow, fuck? What is wrong with this man? Well, I mean that's what uh, bias at the very beginning. Like. He didn't have the same taste of music as us. Yeah. So it's kind of surprising he like stayed in the band. It is very surprising. I imagine it was purely a financial thing and he needed like he likes playing drums. Yeah. He likes it. it, That's not super uncommon too. I mean, obviously it's not Mm -hmm. uncommon, but like my old drummer, he's like that Well, in in a way like that. He just loves playing drums so much that he plays for bands that he doesn't like. And it's like I feel like I feel for the guy because he's like, hey, listen, man, I I know, like you're, it's okay, make fun of it, talk shit, I, I get it, I know, yeah. But I, 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 I always think of the uh, drummer for Godsmack, um, because he's like a weird punk rock guy. He's played in this weird punk band called Amen, and um, and yeah, he was just like I was in a fucking studio apartment cutting hair uh i have a wife and kid and i got a call to try out for godsmack yeah and yeah <laughs> there it I'm is like i don't blame you at all buddy yeah but yep. yeah it's just like a random like yeah i don't care for godsmack but that drummer fucking awesome fucking killed it yeah shreds uh yeah and, and uh, 
I don't want to say it's more common with with rhythm section people or drummers. It does seem like it though. It does. It does. I think people kind of view drummers as you know, you know, filling people and and, and you can rotate them in and out. Same and with right. bass players. It's it was because people don't expect them to write unless you're you know a prominent member. Yeah, or a Lars Ulrich or whatever. I'm sorry, I couldn't pick a less douchey example, but like, yeah, you don't get a lot of uh, main songwriter drummers, and uh, it's just the way it is, I guess. Even uh. <laughs> I'm sorry to keep pulling like random. I don't want to say new metal, but like, yeah, even even Joey Jordanson and Slipknot was like a prominent like songwriter in the band. Yeah. And even yeah. he got replaced. Oh, oh, yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. Yeah. I mean, he ended up passing away. Oh, yeah. R.I.P. Yeah. But um, yeah, he got replaced when he was alive. So and I, I, I mean, because I think you just have to be like. You have to be multi-instrumentalist, really. Like, you look at Slint, which is obviously one of my favorite bands, but uh, Britt Walford, the, that's his name, right? Britt Walford? I don't know. Uh, it's one of my favorite bands in the world. It's one of my favorite musicians <laughs> in the world. I forget his name because he said his name sounds like, his name sounds like, sounds like another famous person's name. Okay. Uh, like, with almost like the same exact <laughs> consonants. Uh, uh, like, whatever. I'm pretty sure it's Britt. But... Yeah, he's the main songwriter and he's the drummer. And then you see like, oh yeah, he also plays guitar and mm-hmm. stuff. And he he also plays guitar on Don Amen. And he yeah, so it's not like you can write full <laughs> melodies on drums if you yeah. don't play other instruments. It just makes sense. Um Questlove never gonna be replaced. He's like the band director. Exactly. Yeah. When you it, it they you, that's that's it's unfortunate because it's so it's so hard to be good at drums. And it, there is a inherent immense limitation to it in terms of making music. Sure. Like you could only do percussion. <laughs> like you can't make a melody with it. You you can tune it in a certain way that's kind of a melody, but you can't make a song out of it. You can only make Greg from Deerhoof said, Hold my beer. <laughs> that man <laughs> does things <laughs> very unusually. <laughs> uh that that's also uh and we keep I'm keep going on tangents, but a hallmark of a of a great musician is a musician who gets bored quickly of their own shit, and that's uh, uh, you get to Greg Sonier is a perfect example who like periodically he'll just change his drum set, mm-hmm. he'll just make it a different thing. He'll just remove a bunch of parts of it, or like I'm just gonna do this whole this whole album. It's all electronic drums. I'll see what I can do with this. Yeah, I'll see. I don't know. I'm just gonna eliminate the bass drum. See what I can do there. Yeah. It's like, yeah, that's that's uh that's their creative musicians. Those are the people I love. Oh man, but anyway, this album is the worst, and uh, you know, yeah, it's all downhill from here. Had to cancel a few shows due to that schizophrenia. Uh, Borland started getting a little, a little rougher, and uh, they kind of um, look back. Like, like, oh, yeah. Oh, he, that's, that explains a lot of his weirdness in the beginning. Oh, because they, they, I mean, they didn't talk about it. They didn't know, really. Mm-hmm. Um, also, yeah, I don't feel like, you know, in the 80s, people talk about it the way they do these days. Yeah. It's, yeah. Yeah. Way more prominent now to talk about. Um, so so what's going on here? It says um, over the following years, Borland would suffer manic depressive episodes and from hallucinations of paranoia. There are times in which she would be sanctioned or sorry, sectioned and others in which she would attempt suicide. Uh, they broke up around 1988 and uh, he kept making solo albums, but it was a little bit more on the low key side, which is not too surprising. And no more 
big record label offers, uh, even within the sounds lifetime. And uh, <clears throat> so uh, the beginning, you also mentioned that, that by Marshall kind of became friends again with Borland later on. Uh, she says, uh, we, uh, she means her and her husband, I uh, used to rent him occasionally at gigs. We had such similar tastes that if he went to a gig, then Asian would be there. We never lost touch completely. When you find yourself fired from a band as I was, you often not only, uh, not only lose everything creatively, but you also lose all of your friends as well. And that is all what happened to me. Fucking so wow. depressing, man. This is really fucking sad. That's like a, it's a, and I've also said this at some point, probably it, it's a fucking relationship. It's a basically a romantic relationship being in a band with someone. Mm -hmm. the, the courting stage where you're trying to figure out what they're about. If you're going to have the same goals in life, do you want to have kids or what's going to happen? Yeah. And then, then you get in the fights and then sometimes it's a really fucking bitter, passive aggressive thing and you can't talk or com communicate. And then if you, if you split badly, you can't hang out around each other anymore. <laughs> it's, it's just the same fucking thing. Yeah. It's so weird and gay, but like it's, it just goes, goes to show how much like, uh, how complicated and, and, and complex relationships are and how like uh, messy and uh, entangled everything can get. Uh, and it can happen with anybody, anybody, anybody you're just around for a long time or you have to interact with on that kind of intimate level. Uh, Family, friends. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, so, let's see. Um, 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 this is what she said. So she would rent him a lot. She, she says, um, also moved to central London. So we weren't really going to the uh, BA anymore. I don't know what that is. I'm assuming it's a, it's a, it's a venue. Um, Adrian was always quite embarrassed when he saw me and the sound was never anything that we discussed. Somehow we knew that it was best not to talk about what he was up to or what I was up to. We talked about other people's music, but not about what we were doing ourselves. And again, so sad and depressing and also a perfect example of the lack of communication yeah. and why she was fired to begin with like that stuff builds up and boils uh and uh so regarding the, the mental health stuff so this is where this is where she gets fucking dicey real dicey uh and marshall has a lot to say about this so here we go this is a quote uh we were by now seeing each other occasionally socially again the first time that i realized how bad it was was when some friends brought him over to where david and i were living that's her husband and we were due to go to an art exhibition and we took him with us. He kept talking out loud as if he was having an internal conversation. We could only hear through, uh, we only hear though what he was replying. He was obsessed with a Francis Bacon painting. We had to keep looking for him as he kept wandering off and we always found him standing by the same painting. He had rung me a few times before then. He had been drinking heavily and was often in his room and he claimed on his, uh, on a second bottle of vodka at the time, I assumed that a lot of his problems were to do with drinking and nothing more. He'd never been an especially heavy drinker before then, but I can see now that the pressure that he was under with the sound had taken its toll. I can see now with hindsight, the problem uh, problems there were much uh, were there much earlier on. Uh, and this is this is the last thing I'll mention with with this little part. Uh, very interesting. She says he was always quite volatile right from the first time that I met him. I think of him now as a victim of rock and roll. People are seeing as being creative. Then they allow you to behave in a way that they wouldn't accept from someone else. And if, uh, uh, if he'd been working in any other field, then it probably would have been picked up a lot sooner. Uh, th that's it. That is interesting. Where like you get someone who is a fucking dickhead, but they're super eccentric and creative and really talented. And you see why they're really good at the thing. And you just kind of chalk it up to them. I mean like, all right, it's just a fucking creative weirdo, but maybe 
They're fucking really fucked up. Maybe they need help. We know a lot of people like that. Yeah. We know a lot of people like that. Hell, I'm like that, dude. <laughs> I'm fucking not cool. But uh, it's mandatory that I'm calling myself brilliant or anything. Just shut up. Listen to my EP. Uh, but it, <laughs> it is it is fascinating. So yeah, of course, in in uh, you know April 1999, uh, he fucking threw himself in front of a train at Wimbledon Station, Damn. and that is a hell of a way to go out. Uh, period. Not not just by suicide. Like pretty gnarly, dude. Most people go with pills or a hanging. You went with a train. Jesus, dude. Yikes. Yeah. Whew. Uh, but yeah, schizoaffective, also, man. It's fucking harsh. Yeah. Also, um, before that, in '93, the other keyboard player. Uh, Myers, he would pass. Oh, yeah, Myers. Oh, yeah, he, he died. Yeah, in 93 due to AIDS-related <gasps> conditions. Oh, that's fucking crazy. I, I forgot that, like, I mean, he was still around. In the, not, not, not that AIDS ever went away, but, it, like, what was it? Early to mid-80s, right, was when it was, like, the fucking... Yeah, the big, the, like, the, it was like this thing going on that like no one could explain and no one knew what the fuck was happening i also you know had the stigmatism around it and people didn't want to talk about it or like if it was talked about it was like you were fucking treated like a leper so well and then that led to some funky shit with just the culture of uh, from that point up until like the mid nineties, uh, any talk of sex was just, you're going to get AIDS, which is just not true. It's just inaccurate. And, uh, everyone, everyone who, every Gen Xer thought grew up thinking they were going to get AIDS if they ever had sex once, like ask any Gen Xer, it's fucking crazy. Like that's how bad the communication was of the world. I mean, it still is pretty bad, but mm-hmm. it, it wasn't any better back then. Yeah. Uh, so man, it's fucking crazy. That sucks. Um, Dudley retired from the music industry completely and uh, he started working, I'm assuming, uh, a job that paid him money, actual money. I hope so. Yeah. Uh, but we're not done. We're talking like this is over and we this is a long episode, but we got one more because it, it was kind of going in the timeline in which the world experienced the cell. This is technically the, the band, I guess, considered this, this, this their first album, but it wasn't released until shamelessly after... The death of Borland. Uh, I believe. I, mean, I believe that's the case, right? It was a. It was um. It was like right after he died. I believe it was so. In April. Holy shit! Hold on a second. That can't be the same day. The same day. I uh, go. Down. It says April twenty sixth, nineteen ninety nine. Oh shit! And it was released the same maybe he did fucking it. day. Yeah, maybe he like knew it was coming out, and that's why. So wh- why isn't hold on? Because this is like, why is no one talking? No one is day? saying like I'm not seeing anything about how this is uh, released on the same day. Uh, I got I got to go to fucking Adrian's wiki. So holy shit! It was released the same day. Damn. That he killed himself. Yeah, it's not. Yeah, on the wikis, it doesn't bring up yeah. that he did it the day it was released. Uh, I don't, yeah, I, I'm not seeing anything like that. Yeah, on the thing for the album, it doesn't. <laughs> Holy that's pretty, shit. That's pretty wild. That is insane. Okay, so it wasn't like a shameless record thing. Like, it was coming out, 
and it seems and yeah, who, very poetic that he did that. Yeah, I mean the state he was in. I mean, it's even possible he, he was off his meds. Yeah, yeah, it's even possible he didn't even realize it was the same day, or maybe he was like, "Hey, this is." I feel like yeah, I this think, is the last I think of it, me in the sound. I think that. That scene, it's a really, you know, we talked all the shit. We're reaching. We talked all the shit about like, you know, overanalyzing the thing, but this is a pretty big coincidence. Yeah. (laughs) Come on, dude. The same day. That's pretty. Okay. All right. Holy shit. But we're going to talk about now. This is, this was recorded in 1979. Uh, This is 1999's Propaganda. This is straight garage rock punk. Yeah, I had to like reorient your brain. Yes. Yeah, me too. Because, uh, yeah, I was just listening to them in order. And I was like, it's just like a throwback album. I thought it was like, this is not a, re- this can't be a reunion album. Like, what the fuck? Yeah, and then. Figuring out that it's unreleased stuff, I'm like, that makes yeah way more sense. You really feel the studios in this song. A lot of 60s music in this, you feel it. Yep, love this. Ah, so that's that's a cool fucking song. I, I, I dig this record a lot. Yeah, it's not, you know, not like anything innovative, no. but I think because there's a, before this was released, there's really only one album that sounds like this. So that way, with the first album in this, you kind of get to stay in this world a little bit more. Yeah, you get some you get some some by Marshall's uh, playing on here. Not a lot, but you hear her here and there, like her her saxophones and clarinets uh, and interesting stuff because this is the run yeah again the same time period as the first album yet it still feels like a very different type of band where that one is like punky but clearly a post post punk band mm-hmm. this is the garage rock like it's, oh, it's so sure. distinctly it's, it's it's an interesting like how like and there, there's overlap there's three songs three of these songs will end up on the first album and they feel different here they're still the same songs but they feel different and those songs are missiles Night versus day and words fail me. Yes. Uh, Missiles is the closer on here. I told you I didn't like it on the album. I like it here. Interesting. It, it's, and you said that maybe it could have benefited from, from better production. Mm-hmm. I think that's entirely the case because as a closer, the, 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 the length of the, of the track, the more epicness of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and because of the way this is produced uh, the, or the way it was recorded, it has more punch to it. It's louder. It's more aggressive. It feels better. It, I actually don't mind the song here. Yeah. Um, yeah, it does. It does go down easier on here than uh, than the other album. Yeah, it's not just smack in the middle of everything. And yeah, um, I think I described Night versus Day as more more dark and moody on the first album. But here it feels a little little more weird, a little more wacky. Yeah. So uh, I noticed that difference. But yeah, like you have a song like Deep Breath where it's like there's nothing like crazy about it. But mm-hmm. God damn, is that song fun? 
yeah some like fun stuff it's great there. yeah it's again, not, not much like the rest of it nothing revolutionary it's pretty straightforward but it's fun it's fun as shit and this is one thing that got me a lot and why i love marshall so much and i agree with her with pretty much everything uh so apparently this is Mike Dudley's favorite album, which is interesting. Uh, that is interesting. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I mean, at least it's not the last one. Uh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so uh, Marshall said, there are some nice songs on it, uh, which were later dropped. I love Static, for example. I voted for that one to go on Jeopardy rather than Words Fail Me. I so wholeheartedly agree with that. Static I, is, I fucking love Static. I, I, I disagree. Want, ugh, I love it. I think it's so pretty. And I would have, like, Words Fail Me is fine. Mm-hmm. And it's on here as well, and it's, it's cool. It's, but ah, uh, it is. I, I I think Static would have been a better a better pick I for think the if album. You shave a couple minutes off of Static. It's a better. It's song. lengthy. It's yeah, lengthy. Yeah. But I, I still I, I yeah, it's one of my favorite songs on here. If not my favorite, uh, dig it a lot. Uh, title track. Strong. Title track is strong as well. Strong. Yep. And yeah, examples of them using horns. Well, yeah. once again, and yeah, the clarinets. It's they're they're adding but even though they're not doing anything they're not doing much but it just i like that they're there they feel good uh and i'll not to go back to static but i love this the sax is in there i think they sound fucking great mm-hmm. um yeah i mean it's it's it's, it's fine it's like it's a cool That's, little cool little yeah. punky record uh it's not reinventing anything it's not it's not one of the greatest examples of the genre but it it's a fun album uh fun album glad to have it tacked on to the you know it left a better it's, taste in my mouth at the end than the last album yeah. did for sure. God damn. Although uh, in in hindsight, I would have I would have listened to this first. Yeah. 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 This is this probably would have been a, a better I think it's it's not as good of an of an album, and it's also like it's rougher and less distinct. Like the first album isn't perfect, but it has a personality to it. Mm-hmm. Like Adrian's voice on there is really like unique for that whole genre in that time period. And th- there is variation on the album. This is like, oh, we've heard this. It's not bad, but it's also like, it's nothing we haven't heard. We haven't encountered this before. I think I'm this uh, a sucker for like the story and evolution. Of there, the, so like it, this, it is, it is a better evolution. It is a more logical evolution. Mm-hmm. It makes way more sense. Uh, I, I wouldn't recommend new people start here. That's fair too. Yeah. Uh, but it is still cool regardless. But uh, I think I think that about does it. We did it. I think that about does it, man. We, Way longer than I thought it, this episode would be. But you know, all the episodes are long now. Like because of, because of Tom's contributions, all episodes are now an hour and a half minimum. Which is even two album bands are an hour and a half <laughs> long episodes. Uh, but still. Uh, so thank you so much for listening and watching yada 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 let's let's do a little bit of recap let's do some recap uh from the lion's mouth best personal favorite i don't love any of these albums but that one those highs are really fucking high uh worst least favorite thunder up sounds bad songwriting's bad perfect recipe for worst least favorite and for me all fall down best personal favorite i think it's a classic post-punk record everyone got to hear it if you dig this genre at all even if uh there is i mean different lines about too listen to that one too but all fall down just fucking has something man it fucking has something in the in the scheme of the band it's a, an interesting one-two punch I, i'll say that i think it's wonderful and yeah worst favorite thunder up 
Yeah, you did. Good Lord. Don't listen to the drummer. He doesn't know what he's talking about. It's more like Thunder Down. I don't know yeah, what that means. Yeah, thunder Down Under is more, mm-hmm. is more on my speed. But <laughs> thank you so much for listening and watching. Thank you, Mike, for suggesting this and uh, paying us and fucking hanging out and talking shop and. And all the requests, really. I mean, these are fucking these are great requests. I'm glad I I'm glad I know this band now. I didn't think I would know this band ever. I wouldn't have known this band ever. Honestly, I would never have encountered them, even though Same. they're just in the ballpark, which is so fucking bizarre. Yeah. Uh, so thank you for that, and I thank everyone else for watching and supporting. If you hung out, like the video. If you like it, please God, leave a comment. Leave your picture uh-huh. best and worst. If you're a fan of the band, subscribe if you haven't already. Tell a friend if you really, really want to help us. And uh, aside from that, please, uh, you know, uh, check out the Spotify playlist on the sound. We've got a link in the description as well as place associated with all the episodes at everyalbumever.com. Uh, you can uh, follow me on all social media at Pandermonkey and you can follow Alex on Instagram. At Mother Puncture. Don't forget to join our Patreon. So you can just suggest artists for us just like Mike did at patreon.com slash everyalbumever. As well as the bonus episodes, early access to loose ends episodes, discounts off the merch (laughs) Uh, vote on polls to decide who we're going to cover next you can see our schedule in advance it's all good stuff Uh, I I did my plugs out of order so I'm all fucked up EP please for the love of Christ pre-order pre-save and check out my debut self-titled EP by Pander Monkey Uh, it's coming out June 28th which is I believe a week from today if if you're watching this the the day this is released which you're probably not but for those that are it's a week from today Tuesday. Tuesday, June 28th. Go and check it out, please. There's links in the description. Uh, it's a it's a whole it's a passion project. It's a lot of love and time went into that. And if you hate me, you can talk shit about it, but I won't believe you unless you listen to it. So if you want me to believe your shit talking, <laughs> give it a gook. So do that, do that. And uh yeah, don't forget also, last thing. Sorry, sorry. Plug people don't like plugs, but you're gonna hear them. Tom Osmond, our fucking history guy who does all the work for us. Uh, Tom Osmond sounds on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, uh, Twitter. I think I said twiddle. Uh, also his Substack, tomosmond.substack.com for all of his writing and his album. So much for all on day's work, which you could find on Bandcamp, Spotify, all the places. Uh, links to all that in the description as well. Okay. Okay. Finally, we are ready to end this massive and I found it to be a pretty fun episode. Oh, what we go with this? That's all on you. I thought about this. You should have. And uh, and it's it's not it's not an Alex favorite. It's not an Alex favorite, but in my heart, I know it's the right choice. But you know, Mike's life was enriched by the band. Where it was, I I could go either way. So it's only fair. And it has to be Monument from All Fall Down. So hell yeah, is wrap it up. Uh, thank you all so much for listening and watching. See ya.
Is it fear that you feel when all eyes are on you? Is it fear, Charlie, not just fear you feel when all eyes are on you? Just a building. 